What up, Saul Company? Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, this is Tony, and this is the third episode of the Flourish Podcast with our topic on DIY spirituality. So, I am here today joined by my co-host, co-host Jordan Adams. Jordan, would you like to introduce yourself? Did you just call me a co-horse? I call you a co Because that's kind of what it sounded like. Co-horse. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. And Flourish Podcast, Tony. That okay. sounds that sounds so fancy. <laughs> I like the name a lot. It's good. Anyway, I'm Jordan. Uh, I'm a pastor at Salt City Church. I was doing college ministry for a while. I uh, I knew Tony when he was a sophomore in college <laughs> and a little crazy. Very and crazy. Still crazy, though. Yeah, so, still crazy. Not, not quite as much as you were, but still pretty <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, what else? What you want more than that? Uh, how long have you been a part of Salt Company, man? Yeah, so I You're old. I yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I'm I'm old in comparison to you. Right. It's right, all right, right. you know it's it's all relative. Based on the comparison. So I'm thirty one, about to turn thirty two. I have two kids. Uh <laughs> and I went to Salt Company in college. So I, I met Jesus my like senior year of high school mm-hmm. and then yeah, went to Salt Company and learned how to follow Jesus. So this was like two thousand eight. Wow through 2012 and then uh yeah learned how to follow jesus there and then jumped on staff after i graduated so started doing ministry in 2012 so wow. it's been a minute man so you have all the answers to all the all questions that we're going to yep. be talking about today yep that's what being a pastor is you have every answer <laughs> ever. that's right yep. cool cool well we are excited uh today guys because we're going to be uh, this is a third episode of the Flourish Study, and this podcast is aiming to answer some of the questions that we think you could have as you read the biblical text. And so we're kind of hitting on big theological pillars or questions or anything that's controversial in nature. Um, and I get to have co-host with me. I said it again, co-host with me, uh, <laughs> co-host great, with me that uh, can help talk through these different things. And so this week we've read through John 9 through 12. And this is kind of where people begin to be angry at Jesus. And so if you guys think back to when you read John 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000, which was actually like 20,000 people at the time. People love him. They're pumped about him. And then he begins to say these I am statements. So as you look from John 8 all the way through John 12, he continues to use the statements I am and begins to describe realities about himself um, that people don't actually like. And so um, one of the things that ends up happening is because people like parts of Jesus, people end up liking parts of Jesus, like the feeder Jesus, the one who has all the food, the shepherd Jesus, the one who talks about love, but don't like other parts of Jesus. They actually begin to leave and not follow him at all. And I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this podcast is that same view on Jesus, where you can kind of pick what you like and kind of ditch what you don't like. I think a lot of us in Christianity and specifically in our modern day Christianity like to think that we can still do that and say that we're following Jesus at the same time pick and choose what we like and say we're following Jesus. But actually what Jesus claims to be true about himself in his word is actually far more explicit and um, has higher requirements of following him. So all that to say, this podcast is about that idea. Can you pick and choose? Can you say you like parts of Jesus and not like other parts of Jesus? Can you pick and choose parts of the Bible or is actually uh, the requirements of following Jesus different than that? So Jordan, to intro this idea, what would you say is DIY spirituality? If you could describe that in our modern context, how would you describe that concept? Man. <laughs> so you have me on a podcast for the first time and they make me talk about controversial stuff, huh, Tom? Yes, absolutely. Uh, man, I, 
I think whether or not I'm describing this the same way you would, Tony, I, I don't totally know. But I think the <laughs> thing that, that first comes to my mind is this this temptation that all of us have, like what you were just saying, but it's to sort of run the Bible through the preset filters that mm. that we have right. and to keep the stuff that aligns with our preset filters and to disagree with the things that we that we don't like so Mm. um the in those filters i think can look different for all of us but all of us have them so none of us come to the bible uh without some uh yeah some version of our our background our preconceived notions about what's true and what's good our morality and so we come with these ideas about what the good life is about what is moral and good. And when Jesus contradicts them, all of our temptations is to disagree with him. And I think there's right. a couple of ways we can right. disagree with him. One would be uh, sort of just looking at the the scriptures that are hard for us when he's talking about sexuality or when he's talking about mm. uh, how difficult it is to follow him or right. um, and, and to try to push back or to say, you know, there's different, different interpretations on this text. And mm. so... Um, you know, because of that, I'm going to sort of choose the one that aligns with right. my filter or another way to disagree with him would be to, to, to say that you align with everything that he taught mm. and, and to not come out and say that you disagree with him, but, but to live a life that is contradictory to the life that he described as being the good and right life. Right. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's not, some of us that are doing that, we're all doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's just learning throughout life to lay down our assumptions about what's true and good and uh, Mm. to lean on his that uh, then when there's disagreement between what we think is right and what he thinks is right, that he actually wins. And that's hard for all of us. Right. Right. Okay, Jordan, I like to play devil's advocate on this podcast. Let's hear it. So why is that a bad thing? So what I mean by that is, why shouldn't, why shouldn't I be able to essentially curate my own brand of Christianity and say, well, there are things that I believe are true, right? And there are things that I believe are right for the world. And so if the Bible says something against that, maybe the Bible is outdated. Maybe the Bible isn't relevant to my current reality or isn't relevant to my current age group. Like, how do I, why is it actually dangerous to create my own brand of Christianity. And that might seem obvious mm-hmm. to some people, might not seem obvious to others. And so I just want to pose that question. Yeah. So a couple thoughts immediately come to mind. One is more answering that question about why it's dangerous. Um, and then the second one is maybe a little bit more positive, which uh-huh. is um, why is it good to, right. to follow him? So if I if I forget that by the time I'm done talking, remind <laughs> me, okay? okay. Um, the first, I, let's talk about why it's dangerous. Um, yeah, Jesus, you can't be neutral on Jesus. This right. is an argument that Christians have made throughout the history of Christianity. C.S. Lewis uh, is most prominent with this argument, but he talked about how there's kind of this idea that you can like Jesus, right. that that you right. can think he's a good moral teacher, but be 
uncertain if he's God or you can enjoy some of the stuff that he said, but uh, not really give your entire life to him. But the problem with that is, is that he claimed to be God. And, right. and this, this text here that we're talking about in John is one of the primary places where he's claiming that he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Right. So he's saying, I hold the keys of <laughs> totally. life and death. That's not unclear what he's saying. He's saying, right. I am God. So, right. uh, Let's just say I walked into a room, Jordan Adams, and said, I am God. Right. <laughs> uh, no one right. in that room is going to say, man, I, I kind of want to follow that guy. Like, I disagree right. with him about that God thing, but I want to listen to some some other stuff that he has to say. Yeah. Uh, everyone in that room is going to either conclude that I am insane mm. or that I am trying to intentionally deceive people. Right. Um. And the reason why no one would conclude that I'm God is because there's no evidence in my life that I am him, right? <laughs> right. But that's actually different for Jesus. That's what yeah. the entire scripture is laying out is that he mm. um, is the one to fulfill all of the prophecies that were predicted in the Old Testament about yeah. what this savior figure was like. He's the one that performed miracles. He's the one that never sinned. He's the one that healed people and rose right. people from the dead. That's what it talks about when he rises Lazarus from the dead, right? So he has mm. all of this evidence for this truth claim that he's God. Yeah. And so... Uh, you you can't be neutral. You right. either have to accept that or reject that. Mm. Uh, and if you reject that, that's that's one thing. Um, but if you accept that, it it means that he has total authority on what is right mm -hmm. and what is wrong. And yeah. uh, he would actually have the wisdom and perspective right. to be able to explain to us right the right mm. way to live and. Jesus affirmed the validity of the Bible. Right. Um, right. So there's this this story where he, after he rises from the dead, he's uh, walking around with some of his friends, and they're trying to figure out kind of what happened with this whole crucifixion thing. Right. And Jesus goes on to explain that all of the Bible is about him and mm -hmm. pointing towards him. And yeah. in the process, he's validating everything that the Bible says. And so there's not yeah. actually a distinction between what Jesus says and what the Bible says. Right, right. Um, so if so, you're in on Jesus, you're in on what the Bible is saying. Exactly. Right. You, can't, you can't separate the two. And the way we know who Jesus is is by the Bible. Um, yeah. And that's a longer conversation we could get into, but back to, okay, why would it be dangerous to not accept that? Uh, I mean, I think the answer is, is, I mean, Jesus as God holds the keys to life and death and yeah. he is the purpose and meaning of yeah. life. And so mm. the danger is, is that you, you waste your life living for things that don't matter, acting like your God and right. like he's not mm -hmm. and that you're separated from him for eternity. I mean, that's, that's the risk, right? That's about as high as it gets, but mm -hmm. the more positive spin, why would it be good to listen to everything Jesus says, even if it contradicts what you think? Yeah. Um, because the fact that he's got, Jesus said, I came to bring life and life to the full. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus um, is teaching us how to live. Mm -hmm. It's not just what we should do. It's the good life. Yeah. It's, yep. it's life and life to the full. And I think all of us know that that's true to a degree. Like we've all lived, we've all sinned or lived differently from what Jesus says. Mm. 
and it just sucks. It's just not, it's not fun. It's empty. It's not full. And so when Jesus is describing how to live, he's giving us a, a way to live the life that he himself designed the world to operate. Right. And when we live in accordance with that, it's a better life. Now, sometimes it's a lot harder life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's a better life. And so he's the only one that knows the best way to live because he designed the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we listen to him, we live a, a, a better life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the fears that I have with DIY spirituality or this idea that you can kind of pick and choose parts of Jesus's character or parts of the Bible and run with that is that it's it's a far lesser version of the real thing. And I think the hardest thing is um, I see so many Christians and I think in particular young Christians who are coming to know Jesus where uh, it, it's almost like a discount 70 version of really fully walking in the fullness of joy that Jesus has to offer. And one of my hopes for Salt Company is that uh, for all of you guys who are listening, who are going through the Flourish podcast, who are going through the Flourish plan, and as you're kind of continuing in discipleship to Jesus, is one of my hopes for a lot of you guys is that there would be a depth to walking with Jesus and knowing him more clear uh, in, in discipleship to him that you never thought was possible when you first said yes to the beckoning of the call. And one of the ways that actually that ends up happening in your life is when the things in the Bible and the things that Jesus says that you inherently or you feel that you disagree with, you actually say, you know what, Jesus, you've changed my life. I'm going to lay this down and follow you. And as you see the product of that, um, you get to enter into actually more joy, not less. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the hopes that we have with dismantling some of the you can kind of build your own uh, build your own bare version of Christianity is actually no the real thing that Jesus offers is so much better so I don't know if you have anything to add to that but yeah I mean I think I just have from a more practical perspective I think I've just learned in my life that mm-hmm. um, when I try to own my life and operate my life when um when I try to kind of disagree with what he's said is good for me and live differently than that, that it's, it's just never like sin always makes promises that it can't keep. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say something like money. Jesus says that you can't love him and love money. Mm -hmm. Now, is he saying that money itself is evil? No, but is he saying that you have to be really generous with your money and that it's better to give than receive? Yes. And so yeah. that has very practical implications on my life where I haven't mm. been able to live the lifestyle that maybe I would want to because I'm giving my money away because Jesus told me to. Right. And when I uh, don't listen to him in that and I get mm. stingy, actually what I find is that I live this really fearful ugly life mm-hmm. where I'm just a kind of a greedy person. Right. And I actually don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a generous person. Right. And, uh, my life is better when, when I listen to him. Yeah. Um, what do, what, what for you are some of the, like, what's the ways that you've seen that you've been tempted to do this or that you're like mm-hmm. seeing either in culture or in salt company students that you know mm. where this is like 
a, a temptation? What are some of the ways that we tend to kind of build our own spirituality? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like for me, um, the the submitting to authority is really hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think some of it is I just don't trust people. So one of my biggest struggles as a Christian, which is so simple, but it's like actually so true, is just trusting Jesus when he says this is how to live, that it's actually the best way to live, even though my theology would say that. So what I believe to be true is that. But like Jordan, you mentioned before, there's like two different scenarios. I'm the scenario where it's like, I know that's true, and yet I still buck against that. Um, and, and the way that I think I do that the most would probably be um, in the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. That I think, I still think life is up and to the right. It's building my own kingdom, making sure people think I'm impressive or I'm going to be successful one day. When in actuality, Jesus describes following him as dying to yourself, picking up your cross and going low. Mm -hmm. And those feel so abnormal to me. And uh, I think particularly from my background, that's like, I think in my mind, I'm like, I've been low, so I don't want to go low again. I want to go up into the right. Whereas I think actually his call uh, that produces character is servant hearted and giving of yourself and making your name not famous and his name famous. And that's, I think that's hard for me. Um, I think in culture, which I'd love to hear you kind of chime in on this, because this was kind of my next question of what are the ways that we see this in culture? I think uh, anything that, um, any way that Jesus says you should live, that uh, in general, I think is like the biggest problem <laughs> is that he's instructive, yeah. right? He's, he's, he is your savior, but he's also the ultimate teacher. And I think our generation in particular hates the idea that anyone would tell us how to live. And so that could be anything down yeah. to the money that you talked about, down to the way that you should serve people like I talked about, or your sexuality, your future, um, the way that you engage with drinking and alcohol, primarily on the college campus. Um, but we hate the idea of being formed by someone else. And so, Jordan, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to pipe in on that, but... Yeah, I mean, all right. I don't. I don't want to nerd out on this <laughs> too hard, but just super brief. Yeah. Uh, history lesson. So, throughout almost all of human history, human beings have believed in external authority. So, meaning, with it, so Augustine, who was a dude that lived in uh, like three three fifty to early four hundreds. Yeah. He was a Christian, an African Christian, and uh, he talked about how the human being essentially has these like competing parts of the self. There's this <laughs> self that is like good and wants good things. Right. And there's this other self that is like evil and just wants to watch the world burn and like yeah. destroy things. And that those two things are fighting. Yeah. And so he asked the question, how do we know hmm. which self to listen to and, yeah. and kind of which of those things is which? Mm -hmm. Cause we, we tend to be kind of deceived by our own motives and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, his answer was, you don't look inside of yourself, you look outside of yourself. And his answer was the word of God, scripture, what Jesus said is true, what That's he cool. said is good. And whether or not people believed in the Bible as that external authority, 
human beings essentially universally throughout history have believed in external authority. Mm-hmm. But then Freud came along and he was like, uh, actually anything that tells you to live differently than you want to live mm-hmm. is, uh, creating it, it's like why your life isn't good. It's why right. you're not happy. Right. And so the way to happiness is to just listen to how you feel. Right. Right. Uh, which the dude was a genius, but he got essentially everything wrong, including <laughs> and especially that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we, we just live by that. So people, when they want to know everything from what's moral and good yeah. to how should they live, right? So maybe even outside of morality, just like what what is the good life? We all of our instincts are to look inside. Right. We go, what do I feel? What do I think? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the internal authority, our desires, are viewed as the authority. So yeah, it's like the ultimate authority. Yeah. In a sense. Yep. So yep. if if I say that I know the right way for me to live, who are you? Right. To um, to think differently, right? And yeah. and the ultimate kind of cultural sin right now is telling anyone else mm-hmm. the right way to live, or right. or to even assume that there is a right way to live, other than just what sort of we internally feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Jesus came along and said that he was the authority yeah. on the way to live, mm-hmm. and so it's very counterintuitive. Yeah. for us to look outside of ourselves. But I think that's what's happening in culture is we all think that we get to define <laughs> yeah. sort of the good and right. it's why the world is going crazy or yeah. it's one of the reasons why um, is because that's what happens when you just follow whatever you desire. Jesus warned us about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think the complexity of this issue for me, and, and this is something that we'll be talking about next week with like exclusivity of truth, and we kind of touched on that week one, is this idea of authoritative truth not existing. Or if yeah. it does exist, it's internal, which makes it variable and completely subjective, um, is the ocean that all of us swim in. So even if this is one of the first times you've heard about this idea of like authoritative truth and subjective truth and all these different ideas, You've lived in it your almost your entire life, and it's specifically your adult life on college campuses. This is the gospel that is preached, and so I think like one of the hardest things to, for us to do as we think about okay, what does it look like to have a biblical and Christian worldview in a world and in an ocean that thinks this way? Um, we have to be really we have to become very self aware in a really unique way in the history of Christianity in America, where suddenly the Bible's beliefs don't line up almost at all with the cultural beliefs, and so we're almost in this muddy water where there's like the cl- clear water of the Bible, let's just say like the dark water, which sounds so like crazy, but the dark water of culture, and we're learning how to wade through both those things at the same time, and it can be really really difficult. So, Joy, the question that I had for you is okay this sounds good. I know that like, or I'm like kind of guessing or feeling that, okay, I want to live in more accordance with the Bible. How would you say, what are some like phrases or terms or language that you've heard that can kind of give us alarm bells about this type of DIY spirituality that we are swimming in? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like a clear question, but like if I'm a student, I'm listening to this. I'm like, how do I know that this is maybe some of my lens? And I didn't even know that before. Yeah. So in I want to just briefly clarify and then come back to that or, yeah. or sort of add something to what we were just saying. Um, I don't, I don't think that all of culture is bad 
And I don't actually think that Christians should be in a war with culture. I think Jesus loves the world and he loves culture. And there's some things that have gone wrong, but I don't think Christians need to take this sort of angry, condescending tone towards culture. And I think a lot of what's happening in culture is actually beautiful and good. The, Mm -hmm. The pursuit of equity and justice is not a, a, a political thing. It it's a human rights thing right. uh, that Jesus <laughs> was talking about. He is the yeah. founder of human rights, um, mm. and yeah, I think there's a level of desire of authenticity in culture where people mm. want things that are real yep. and not fake. That I think is beautiful, and mm. I think the Bible talks about authentic community. Uh, mm. So there's, there's a ton of things we could look at in culture that I think are actually really good. But the reason why we pursue them as Christians is because Jesus said to, and because the Bible talks about them. That's yeah, our yeah. authority. That's our starting point. Right. Not, that's our source, our catalyst. Yeah. yeah. So we start yeah. there, not with a political or social perspective. So mm-hmm. the Bible informs our political and social perspectives, but our temptation is to let our political and social perspectives inform how we read the Bible. Right. And that's actually really, really important that we get the order of that right mm-hmm. um so as far as like more or less you were asking what are some kind of catchphrases or signals yeah, some that language maybe, around yeah you know um i mean one that comes to mind is uh i'm i'm spiritual but not religious uh-huh. yeah. um and i think there's a part of that that i do actually like which is the uh-huh. critique of just annoying lame self-righteous legalistic christianity that that i hate to and don't ascribe to um gotta wear a suit to come to self company when we kick (laughs) off in this ring it's that type of christianity that we're talking about yep yeah uh yeah, but I think the problem with that is that uh jesus loves the church yeah he called the church his bride and uh pretty clearly in the bible you you can't follow Jesus alone. Yeah. And I think that's where some of this stuff comes from is mm. people that just buck all authority right. and are just like, nobody can really tell me what's true. And so I'm going to kind of do my own spirituality yeah. and is just nobody actually can do that. None of us are unbiased enough to right. be able to sort of come to conclusions about truth and the way to live on right. our own. I just think that's a maybe without realizing it, a pretty arrogant perspective that that you're able to live well Mm. kind of on your own. Uh, Jesus loved the church. And so we should too. Mm. Um, I I think like stuff like follow your heart Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that is both like it's, there's, there's problem for a couple of reasons. One is it's just cheesy. You know, I don't, (laughs) And I don't know if people are like actually saying that, but I think people are saying a lot of things very similar right. to that. Right. Uh, or look within yourself. Look within, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so it's cheesy, but also <laughs> the the problem is is it's very um, like if if you just say that something is true for you, right. I, all of a sudden it's like um, anyone who disagrees with that is. Uh, a bigot or, right. or something like that. Right. Or hates you. Yeah. You know, it's like a direct attack against your identity. Yeah. Well, even that, yeah, yeah. there's this, this idea that, um, disagreement is the same as, as hate. Right. And right. I think that comes from this idea that, you know, that we all have our internal truths. And so somebody that disagrees with that hates you, but, right. 
Um, but what we believe is there's a good way to navigate the world that God yeah. laid out for us. And so you can actually speak the truth in love where you can yeah. be kind and respectful, but you can, you can say there actually is a right and a wrong way to live. Right. That truth isn't relative. It's right. absolute and it's given to us by God. Um, yeah. I think another one that comes to mind is, well, there's lots of interpretations right. for that <laughs> yeah, the, about the Bible. The most vague cop-out answer ever. <laughs> right. Right. And, and yeah. Totally, and, yeah. And in there, look, there, I think there are some people that are completely genuine in this right, where they've right. like actually looked into different interpretations of certain mm-hmm. scriptures and are genuinely just asking the question. Right. But most people that I interact with, including when I've kind of played this card, cause I've, I think I've also done this Yeah. really what, it, okay. Is it true that there are multiple interpretations to different things in the Bible? Yes. Is it true that they're equally good? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. th- it could be in my interpretation that two plus two is five. Right. That doesn't mean that it's a good interpretation of math. Right. right? And right. so right. there's actually good interpretations and bad interpretations of the Bible yeah. based on sort of basic rules of how you interpret texts. Right. And so usually what people mean by, well, there's multiple interpretations of that is... I don't like what the Bible is pretty clearly saying. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say this thing of like, well, there's multiple ways you could look at it, yeah. but really it's just that I don't want to live in accordance with that right. or what the Bible says doesn't align with my morality. And so in order to get out from its authority, right. I'm going to just say, well, there's multiple interpretations, not really pick a different one or describe why it's a better one right. and just use that as a way to kind of get out from underneath the authority of, of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Or even just like this. I mean, it, it feels, when you break it down, like a ludicrous idea. But this idea that uh, you can kind of form the person of Jesus to kind of what you'd like him to be. I mean, that is like a wild concept if we actually believe what Jesus says about himself, that he is the king of the universe, the creator of all things, that he and the Father are one. Well, if that's true, there's no telling Jesus who he is or who he isn't, right? And so one of the phrases I've heard often is, well, my God wouldn't do that. Mm. So you'll be able to bring up something pretty clearly, not that hard to interpret, something that Jesus said explicitly, maybe in the Sermon of the Mount, talking against different kind of cultural sins or whatever, and the response will be, well, my God wouldn't say that. The truth is he's not your God, right? Mm. Like you actually don't get to tell Jesus what he did or did not say, or what he would or would not do. But in actuality, uh, God is the one who decides what's true about the world. And so I, I think more or less my hope in this podcast is for us to be able to zoom out a little bit and ask the question of ourselves, in what lens do we read the Bible? In what lens do we view what God says? And what lens do we view what Jesus says in the book of John as true? And if the lens is, if this doesn't vibe with me, then I'm out. Or if this doesn't vibe with me, then I disagree and therefore it's not applicable to my life. Then I think we need to actually have a massive seismic shift in the way that we view the words of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you guys to, as, as you read through the book of John with this flourish study, um, to take a look at the way that you're reading the text and ask the question, am I being formed by the Bible or am I forming the Bible through my own cultural and religion or worldview expectations of what it should say um, and kind of go from there. But Jordan, I don't know if you want to add anything else as we kind of close out this podcast. 
I think main thing would just be at, at the end of the day, this comes back to, do we trust Jesus? Yeah. And he is infinitely trustworthy. And <laughs> the way we know that is that he came to earth to get us. Like, yeah. I, I think the reason why authority is so hard for all of us is that we've all seen it abused. We've seen people use authority for their own benefit and not use authority or power for our benefit. And so we're suspicious of authority. But Jesus, um, Mark 10, 45, was the son of man that came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, And so even when we don't understand why Jesus is saying something that he said, Mm -hmm. we can have confidence that it's for our good. And not just that it's right or what we should do. It is that. But more than that, that it, it, it is actually a better life for us yeah. and that it's coming from a place of love. And the reason we can be confident in that is because he died for us and he, like his plan from the beginning of time was to make a world that he knew would turn its back on him yeah. and for him to come into that world and experience an unbelievable amount of pain to humble himself to the point of a servant and to give his life and his mind and his body Mm -hmm. for our benefit. So someone like that is trustworthy. Yeah. And, (laughs) and so it's like, you got to come back, you got to get away from the issue and come back to the, to the person. Mm -hmm. And the character of Jesus proves that um, anything he tells us is, is good. And so, so trust him and then let that drive the 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 behavior instead of doubts about what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The life you've always wanted is waiting in the pages of the Bible. And it may not be what you expected it to be. It may not be even what you initially envisioned it to be. But as you follow Jesus, you get a taste of what true life actually looks like. And that's his promise to you and so you can count on that promise hope you guys enjoyed this uh episode of the flourish podcast and we will see you guys next week